Hi, everybody. How are you? Isaac Jamal, Certified Life Coach, back with you on SYNYradio.com. And uh, another evening of talking about our lives and how we can improve them or actually focus and work on them with some consciousness. Um, tonight's topic is, I guess I pick all my topics, basically what's been reoccurring in the office. And for some reason, who knows why, but for the last week and a half or so, a focus on parenting has really been prevalent. Parents coming in, talking about their child, teenage children, young children, parenting skills, so many different facets of parents and kids and relationships between mom and dad. And that's been a, you know, a focus over the last week and a half. And I thought it would be a great time for us to have a discussion about it and to talk about it. And I want to start with what this notion or what this idea of parenting really is supposed to be. So two people get together and they decide to get married and they have some children. And that gift changes the dynamic in a family right away. Now we have a child, a newborn child that comes into our lives and now our responsibilities have changed. Our home has changed. Everything has changed. It's a whole new being. We're so you know, overwhelmed with joy and such a simchan. If it's a boy, there's a big milan. If it's a girl, you know, there's a naming and everyone's so excited. And after things start to settle, you know, these young parents now look at each other and say, okay, what do we do? What are we, what are we supposed to do with this beautiful gift that we have? We're supposed to raise it. Well, well, I don't know how to raise it. And some people have certain instincts. Some people take classes. Some, take, some people read books. And each one has a different style. Most of the time, we start parenting in the same form or at least philosophy in the way we were parent, or our parents dealt with us. And that starts taking a nice dynamic in a relationship and how things go. And as things progress and as children get older, disciplinary skills or nurturing skills come out in that way. And now a dynamic is starting to happen, not in all homes, but in a lot of homes is the father's philosophy of how to raise the kids might be different than the mom's philosophy to raise the kids. Now, how do we deal with that? Mom might be a super nurturing mom, and dad might be an over-disciplinary dad. Or you can have, a lot of the times, quite the opposite, which is what I've been finding a lot of the times, where mom have a strict schedule and rules and restrictions, and then dad might come home from work or be home over the weekend, and everything's kind of like up for grabs. So how do we deal with that in the home? How do we deal with that philosophical conflict? A lot of the times I find myself saying it's not the what but the how that we start debating, meaning both parents understand there might be a need for discipline and a certain amount of need for nurturing and a certain amount of need for structure. But the how is really where we get caught up. And this how, because of our 
distinct differences in our past starts to become a philosophical argument. Sometimes, and I've seen this recently, it goes as far as to start pointing fingers at the spouse's parents, the in-laws. Well, you get this because your mom is this way, and you get this because your dad is that way, which is true, but starts a bit of a conflict when it comes to the dynamic in parenting. And how how does that affect the child? That affects the child in a way where now the child kind of gets into this comfort zone of divide and conquer. Now the child understands maybe mommy says yes and daddy says no. And there's huge conflict in the dynamic between mom and dad. And I've been seeing this lately where the conversation of parenting doesn't take place. Meaning, if we do have rules, there might be certain rules that we discuss, but the overall philosophical idea of parenting, how and why I parent, kind of falls short. And what I find is the stronger parent, the one that holds out the longer, ends up being the rule maker. And the second spouse could be mom or dad again. But the second spouse starts to feel some type of resentment. And now they feel that their children are not being raised properly. And resentment starts between the couple. Now, I've said a lot in a short amount of time. And I want to go over it kind of quickly. In every home, you have parents that come from different backgrounds. Those backgrounds are going to influence our parenting skills. And what we truly believe is the right thing for the, for the child. And a lot of the time, that conflict will start to develop more so in the relationship of the parents than just the relationship of the child. And now the whole family setting is in disarray. Conversations, detailed conversations with a calmness, Set time, set time aside, and when we do set time aside, to talk about parenting with our spouses will help a lot when it comes to the day-to-day so that everybody's on the same page. If a home might have a rule, say, for no candy, and say, you know, the parents are very strict about no candy, and along comes one of the parents, and maybe as a reward or maybe because they just, you know, felt that the child needed a little something to pick them up and they give them a candy and along comes the other parent and says, well, why'd you do that? And that explanation, those details sometimes gets lost. It gets lost in understanding the other person, understanding the other spouse. And... Sitting down and having conversations, sitting down and actually understanding what the guidelines of the other person might be is something that we don't take the time to do. I want to suggest that at least once a week, not for very long, but set aside some time for 10 or 15 minutes where you and your husband or you and your wife can sit down and talk about 
how it is that you want to raise the children. That's really step number one, is getting on the same page, knowing what it is that we would like and not like. Not just commenting to each other back and forth about how we don't like certain parenting skills that one might have, but talking about what it is as a vision collectively that they would like for their home, for their child, and how they're going to raise that child. And doing that, getting that at least somewhat clear between each other will help a lot when there's a lot of conflict. So I just wanted to lay that out there. And I want to talk a little bit about the child themselves. I wanted to talk about how we raise children today, especially in our environments. There's a lot of expectations, a lot of expectations about maybe his, his or her religious studies, you know, how religious we might be in our homes and what we expect out of our children, maybe the educational level, maybe the social level, things that we might expect from our children. And a lot of the times, parents make a terrible mistake by over-parenting their child by what they would have done different in their own lives. Meaning, instead of actually parenting the child that you've been gifted with, we end up or tend to parent the child inside of us. Maybe from some mistakes that we might have made. Maybe some traumas that we've gone through, some things that we've made very you know, bad mistakes on and things that have hurt us in a certain way. So we try to protect our children when it comes to those things. And we forget that each child comes with its own gift. Each child comes with its own spirit and its own neshama. And that neshama has its own mission, which is different than ours. And that conflict sometimes gets us into more of a stressful relationship with our children than necessary. Meaning we try to push them towards a certain way when that spirit might be different. Now I'm not talking about letting your children run amok and you know, no discipline and no structure. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a certain nature, a certain talent that a child might have. Let me give you an example of a person that I spoke to last week who's in his mid-30s, married now, but has struggled his whole life. He happens to be a genius when it comes to music and singing. It's been a passion of his his whole life. But his father always frowned on this. His father always wanted him to go the educational route or the learning route. And he always tried to please his father, pushing down his natural sensation or desire and passion to want to play music. And he struggles today at work and in business and in his relationship with his wife because it's difficult for him to be able to completely express himself because of his dad's true desire and intent, his positive intent, and I think that's very important for us to say, his positive intent, he wants the best for his son, but he wanted the best for his son for what he thought might be 
and missed out on what his son wanted. And as parents, we do this so often. We stunt the growth of our children and we don't give them the space to be who they are, which is another infinite being who has a mission and is here as a gift. We so often forget that these children are not ours. We're here to look out for them. We're here to keep them safe. We're here to give them love and encourage them in the path that they choose. And a lot of the times we have this idea of this happy ending. This, if you follow the structure, the path, the the, the, the course that I've set out for you in your life and you just hit these hurdles, then you will have a happily ever after life. And a lot of the times when our children resist or push or even rebel against it, we kind of feel dead inside because they're not following what we think is best for them. All along, not giving them the tools, the resilience, the space, the option, the choices to make and fall so that they can get up again. And this is difficult, especially with surroundings or social pressures, economic pressures. We might want our sons to make an economic windfall because he'll have to get married and have to you know, support a home so he has to go into college and get a good job and yes achievements are beautiful and I'm all for them but at the same time we have to know what our children's talents are and excuse me nurture those and if we're not nurturing them we might be amputating their soul. And I know that sounds far-fetched, but it doesn't take much for I'm not enough to seep into our brains, especially when we're young and impressionable, especially by the people that we want to be loved by and have their intention in such a constant way. Their approval is everything for us. And these small little nuances in how we might look at our child or how we might react or how we might dismiss our child can truly affect them in such a way that they just don't feel that they'll ever be enough for us, the parent. And they feel like failures. And if they don't hit those benchmarks, as everybody is maybe around them, that they're less than everybody else, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I can't tell you how many people I see in their 20s and their 30s, even in their teens, who have had parents that have been so critical and judgmental and closed off to really understanding who this beautiful spirit of a child they have. Because they don't take the time to be curious enough to be able to get to know them. 
Everyone's on the treadmill. You've got to get on the treadmill too. You just follow. You go to school. You do your homework. You do well. You don't eat candy. You, know, you have to be in bed in a certain time, and you follow the structure, and everything else will be just fine. And it's those in-between moments where relationships are developed with our children. It's those in-between moments that develop us into the person that's going to not give up or at the first sign of resistance just lay arms down and just decide that I can't do it. And what a shame because aren't we all capable? We all have this unlimited potential. We all have this spiritual side to us. This infinite being that we are. But we get caught up in the finite. We get caught up in maybe a child's grades. And we get caught up in this social idea of good, bad, average. And we get lost in the minutiae, in the detail of the physical achievement of where we are. And ask a parent, what would you like for your child? Most of the answers will be, I want them to be happy. Now, that's a loaded sentence by many means. Well, the first word is I. When it comes to your child, the first thing we usually say is I. Now, if you stop and think about that for a moment, we've already eliminated the child from that sentence. I want wanting you want. So this is something that's coming from you internally. I want them to be happy. And we all know that generally a euphemism for happy is generally achievement-based or success or money, which is limiting, which is in the finite which is in the limitations and constrictions of what the choices might be for this gift of a soul that we were delivered. Now, I know it sounds maybe too deep, but I don't think that we think about it enough that these are children that we've been gifted and it's up to us to nurture them, to raise them, to guide them, and help them nurture their own souls so that they can be the best that they were meant to be. Not... Maybe this is a little... 
Well, we could depict it this way, but like a piece of clay that was given to us to sculpture and to form, which is the complete opposite of what we've been really given. We've been given something that we have to uncover and discover and get to know. Take yourself, for example. How truly do you know yourself? How well have you been able to connect to yourself and understand your talents, your mission, your purpose? And more likely, if you've taken the time yourself to do the work on yourself, can you give that over to your children and usually it's not doesn't stop at the children it'll probably affect everybody around you and children are such a precious sensitive being at any age I truly mean that at any age I don't care if you're 50 years old and your parents are still alive some of us still suffer with wanting a relationship with our parents that we feel we might never have isn't that a shame we're given gifted time to get to know this soul this spirit And most of the time, we're yelling at it, judging it, critiquing it, measuring it against everything else except itself. I want you to think about that a little bit. Some serious stuff here. Some serious stuff. That's the responsibility of a parent. More so, I believe, than the luxuries that you might want to give your children or the pleasures that you want to give your children. And of course we want to give them as much as we can. But giving from yourself to them is the most precious jewel that you can give them. Isn't it what you really want from your mom and dad? Yeah, as you can hear, my little three-year-old crying in the background. They're precious. And you want to run, and you want to hold them and protect them. And sometimes that protection can turn into smothering. And we have to let them be. How many of us would, as we're teaching our children how to walk, at a certain point say, no, 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 this is not for you. You're never going to be able to do this. Or, can you get up already? Can't you walk already? Can't you just get it over with? 
We would never do that to a child that's learning how to walk because we know eventually they'll get it. Eventually they'll be able to walk. No matter how many times they fall, we pick them up again and we encourage them to keep trying until they get it. Why is it any different with anything else that they do with their lives? It's not. It's exactly the same. Repeatedly, I have to meet with teens with such a feeling of, I can't tell my mom and dad X, Y, Z. I just can't. Why not? They just won't understand. And as parents, I don't want to drive this home tonight. Our job is to understand. I know it takes patience. I know it's hard. I know you have a schedule and you got to do dinner and you got to bathe them and you got to pay the tuition and you got to get to work and you got to come back and but we chose to have these children. And that responsibility of hard work lies on us. And no excuse in the world absolves us of that responsibility. To understand a child, to understand another human being can be one of the biggest gifts you can give another soul or spirit. Try it. Maybe if your child's coming home from school and they need to do homework and they're on a schedule, maybe just one day have some cookies ready, sit them down and say, tonight, leave the homework aside. Yes, I'm saying it. Leave the homework aside. I'll write you a note. Talk to me. Let's hang out. Be playful with your children. What if you did that with your 20-year-old? Say, we're not going to go to work today. We're going to take the day off. We're going to spend some time together. And talk. Maybe listen well enough to understand that that they may have a different perspective or philosophy than you do and that you can learn from your child. It could even be with a 40 or 50 or 60-year-old. It's never enough. The parent-child relationship is so deep that at any age it can influence and change you. Remember that when you're spending time with your children. I want to apologize because I am going to have to cut this podcast a little short 
But I want to revisit the subject. I try to cram in a lot in a very short amount of time, knowing that it was going to be a short podcast. But I want you to start thinking about some of the things we discussed. What are children? Where are they from? What's their purpose? What's our role in their lives? And let me leave you with a little bit of this thought. If you think that you've been delivered the wrong child, you've been delivered the correct one. If your child, or one of them at least, and all of us have this in our homes, pushes that button that is anti-you, you're structured, they're all over the place. You're all over the place, they're structured. You love to read, they hate to read. Whatever it might be, whatever your challenge is with that child, know that that's a gift from God telling you to be open to learn. Be open to discover that part of you. And that's what all children are. They're parts of us, different parts of us. And we attach ourselves to certain children because we relate to them a little bit more and we distance ourselves from other children because they're different than, our, than, than we are or there's this polarity shift where things are just not working, they're not clicking. Those are the relationships that we are here to grow into. They're gifts from Hashem. Give that a thought. You didn't get the wrong child. You got the right child. Because you, we have things to work on. And don't make a classic mistake of trying to parent your child by parenting yourself. We do that a lot of the times. We parent our children as if we were reparenting ourselves growing up. Nurture them. Give them the space to fail. Give them the space to make choices. Give them the security and encourage them to try. And Bezat Hashem, spend more time with them. Love them. Let them know. Understand them. And Bezat Hashem, our homes will be a lot more peaceful with a lot more growth and our own contribution into our family. And I'd like to really thank everybody for their continuous support. I can't be grateful enough for all the referrals. Programs are doing amazingly. People that are calling and giving me Hezuk and giving me the encouragement. I'm so, so grateful for it for so many, so many people. I really want to say thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Good night.